0: on the aggie sports network from learfield img college this is the aggie coaches show with coach craig smith brought to you by old chicago pizza and taproom home of the aggie's coaches show smith's fresh for everyone locker 42 your source for aggie apparel and by guild mortgage own what matters live from old chicago pizza and tap room here's the voice of the aggies scott Gerard.
1: hey welcome in it's another edition of the craig smith coaches show right here on the aggie sports network from learfield img college excited to bring you one final coaching show as so much to talk about as we break down the aggies now as in 11 seed going on into the NCAA tournament as the Aggies have punched their ticket and they are set to take on Texas Tech coming up on Friday. Uh, We wish he was here right now, but joining us live from Indianapolis, the head coach of the Utah State Aggies, Craig Smith. Coach, how are you?
0: Hey, I couldn't be better. Uh, I loved when you said the Aggies have punched their ticket. So you could say that all night long. We got our dancing shoes on and uh, we're excited to be in Indy and uh we're in our quarantine right now at the hotel in downtown indianapolis and um it's hard to believe it's eight o'clock here you forget you know being in las vegas for five days you get used to the pacific time zone and now you travel out here and our bodies are saying it's five but it's really eight so it's a little bit of a an adjustment that way and um You know, yesterday was an exciting day, a little different than the first two years when we (laughs) knew we were in by winning that tournament. I felt really good about where we were at, but you just don't know until you see your name called. And so when it said Texas Tech and then the, the Utah State Aggies, it was exhilarating and emotional in every way, shape, and form and exciting. And then you sit down and watch Texas Tech and you're like, oh, boy. Here we go. So, you always expect that when you're in the NCAA tournament. We're super excited and can't wait to go compete on Friday.
1: Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on behind the scenes because I've always assumed, Mm -hmm. and, you know, because I'm I'm kind of a skeptic. I always kind of believe that that guys kind of know uh, or they're getting, you know, they get a little bit of a tip like, hey, uh, you know, act surprised, but you're in. Uh, But looking at your reaction yesterday that was well documented and went viral, uh, I get a sneaking suspicion you didn't know if you were in or not.
0: No, I mean you don't. You don't know, and and you you feel good. I you know after we lost the champion, I mean obviously the win on Friday, yeah, well, winning Thursday and Friday was huge. And I had a lot more feel this year than our first two years. Um, and Steve Grabowski and and uh, Brandon Ubal, Kern Walsh, those guys are. Uh, I mean, they, they follow that stuff like crazy. Um, I knew more this year just because of our shutdown. I had a little more time, to be honest, um, uh, when, we, when the two Wyoming games and the Fresno game were postponed. But uh, going into Saturday, you know, it was one of those things, that, and we were gassed, and I wasn't, you know, I probably should have subbed some guys more, but at the same time, you go down with the horses, you know, that brought you there kind of deal. Um, but it, it, uh, we did know. And it was really interesting, you know. That night, I, uh, I on Sunday morning was the first time I ever looked at a Joe Lunardi um, prognostication or bracket, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And but I woke up. I was so exhausted. I didn't get much sleep the two nights prior, three nights prior. I went to bed at eight forty, and I'm a night owl. I went to bed at eight forty that night on Saturday night after the championship. I woke up at six o'clock. And I just felt really calm. I felt at peace. You know, there's nothing else you can do. Sent a bunch of thank yous to family and friends and people that have made a huge difference in my life. And you just have a chance to step back and reflect and, um, and roll long text to our team. And um, I just felt good. Our metrics were really strong. You know, when you think about it, and I didn't know this until after the championship game, Steve Grabowski brought this up, who's our director of operations. Our metrics... Uh, from Ken Palm and the net ranking, were very similar to two years ago yes. when we were easily in at that time, and so I felt strong about it. Played a good schedule, had a lot of things, you know, with the shutdowns and me not coaching BYU and so on and so forth. That kind of uh, maybe um, the committee takes notice of, and uh, and then when Wichita, it was interesting when Wichita State popped in at uh, as an eleven right? Uh, I think they're playing Drake. Uh, Some people are like, oh boy. And I was initially like that, but then I was like, I turned to Jerry Bovey, who is our deputy AD, and I said, I actually think that makes us look better, because I knew our stuff was stronger than theirs. So when they showed up at an 11, I was like, I think we're going to be higher," And and then obviously the Texas Tech thing came up, and boom, and then we showed up. And so, no, there was nothing behind the scenes. Nobody knew. Um... You know and so you do though you just you feel good but until it's done it's just not done and so i was just so happy for this team because this team and i know like in the, the year all these coaches are oh this team's been through so much every team goes through a lot but i just the way you know you start out one in three we have nine guys that have never worn an aggie uniform you lose you know the senior class that we had last year and of course sam um there was a lot of times our guys could have made an excuse or said, and they never wavered. And I mean, never. Like I can't recall any of our guys complaining about, you know, not playing Fresno or Wyoming or shut down for a week in December or not having a home game for 42 days. Not, not, I never ever heard anything of the sort. And I just think that says so much about this group of finding a way to get it done and just so proud of them and excited that we get to keep on playing.
1: I think there's a lot of people here that are kind of curious to know what's going on with your team in regards to the testing. You mentioned you're quarantining right now. So you, you weren't able to come back here to Logan. You guys actually stayed in Las Vegas, and, uh, and, and they kept you down there, and then you left from Vegas right to Indianapolis. So i got to imagine you guys probably packed for a couple weeks' worth thinking that, you know, this could be an option Kind of take us behind the scenes on what's going on and and what the last couple days and what the next couple days are going to look like for you.
0: Yeah, great question. You know, first of all, and I said this on the post-game press conference after the championship, you know, our conference commissioner, Craig Thompson, and, uh, you know, you're in a position like that, you catch a lot of heat no matter what your decision is. And, you know, at the end of the regular season, we at the start of the year, we built an extra weekend uh, to give us a buffer zone for makeup games, and so like we had to play two conference games against San Jose in December, and because of that, we couldn't play Mississippi State and I forget and St. Mary's. Yeah. So we had to drop two games, and that's why they that's why we did that just to build that buffer zone in. And you know there was oh should Boise State play Fresno and should we play Wyoming and play at Fresno and da 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 da. And that's why this, the league built that in. So, of course, you should. Like, let's go do it. And, and you know, when you're in that position, you got to make those tough decisions. And I credit him for doing that. Secondly, the tournament, every day we got up and we had to test. You know, yeah. those, those first-round games, they were testing at 5.30 and 6 o'clock in the morning. So, it was tough. But we, we got done with the tournament. Saturday, so We told our guys to pack for two weeks. Uh, we, we did not want to come back to Logan. We were planning to make the NCAA tournament. We lost the championship game. Um, obviously spent that night there. Uh, we got up in the morning on Sunday morning. We went back to the Thomas and Mac Arena, and we tested for COVID. And you talk about nerve-wracking on that day, because we felt yeah. like we were going to be in. And when we got the results back, that everyone was negative, was like, yes, another win, you know? It, it literally felt like we won a game. And so... <laughs> um um so we tested we watched the show together and then later in the evening we hopped on a plane and flew to indy we we landed at about i don't know 1:30 in the morning east coast time and got on the bus and they had the police escorts and you know the whole deal to the hotel and then they got us in a room and you know it's hard to go to bed with the time zone change and um And then we were up testing at 9 a.m. this morning, which is 6 a.m. Las Vegas time. So we did a test. Uh, We'll get our results back. Then we got to take another test tomorrow. And and when we get those results back, once you test negative twice, then we will get our itinerary and our schedule and when we get to practice and all that kind of stuff um, for the rest of the week. So right now, every member of our travel party – is we have the whole floor and every member of our travel party has their own room and they're instructed to stay in their room do not leave the room they actually bring um, bags of food at designated times um, four times during the day and like we just got off a team zoom call just to kind of keep our guys in the loop of what's going on, did a very brief very brief kind of intro of Texas Tech and the mindset that's going to take and talk about the tickets and all that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, it's an interesting process. There's a ton of teams at this hotel. And everybody's on quarantine until, until um, you pass the COVID test twice.
1: So just, you know, in my work with the Jazz, a little bit, this sounds really like what the first few days were like in the NBA bubble, where you go into a hotel room and you're not allowed to leave that room. They'll bring everything to you, but, but you can't leave that room. That sounds uh, they're not messing around there in Indianapolis.
0: No. No, they're not messing around. We got on a plane, and we got on a, you know, uh, imagine a commercial jet. Yeah. Right, where, I don't know what, but it's a commercial jet with the, the seats with, you know, you get three seats on each side, so six seats in a row. And, and you know, I don't know how many. I think it sat 170 people, and we had, you know, like 30 people. <laughs> so, like, the social distancing you know, I sat on on the seat by the window, and there was another person uh, six seats away next to the window. And then I think there was three three rows apart or four rows apart. Wow! Um, just spaced throughout the plane. And then same thing when you landed, we had three buses, and you just had to social distance, wear your mask, right? Do the whole thing. Got to the hotel, quick meeting, boom, get to your room. Uh, uh, 9 a.m. cats get out go right back to your room and you have to wear a band showing that you know you need to be in your room if they see you so it is i would say it's very similar to that and they're obviously all the strict protocols so we can pull off this uh, best sporting event of the year
1: it is the best sporting event of the year in my opinion and and i love everything about it i think it's one of the uh the pinnacle of all of sports just because of the uh, the pageantry and the history of it, and I'm going to tell a story, and I hope you don't mind. But I remember uh, on the uh, day before the tournament, uh, when you were playing in uh, Columbus against Washington, and there's the big press conference, and then there's the practice not not the real practice, but the practice that you kind of the media can watch and fans can come in there and watch. Right. And, and you uh, you came over, and we were kind of testing out some equipment for the broadcast, and you came over and you leaned over, was like. Hey, this is pretty freaking cool, and uh, <laughs> I mean, just so I know it's freaking cool, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know it's a different year, and I know it's 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 weird, but it's still the NCAA tournament, and I got to imagine you're on cloud nine getting ready to play this game.
0: Oh my goodness, Scotty! You know, uh, I've been fortunate as an assistant and as a head coach to participate in this event, and I, I was a small school coach at Mayville or making the NAI national tournament where at the NAI NAI National Tournament, all 32 teams are at one site. And so this has a little bit of that feel because, you know, like University of Colorado came in right before us last night. So all the teams are at one site. I've heard more sirens going off than I've heard in my life
1: uh, (laughs)
0: because of all... I'm I'm looking out my window right now and three buses just rolled up with, you know, about six motorcycles and two uh, police cars right behind. So uh, the motorcades are coming in nonstop, but you know this year is different from the standpoint of it's just the way the year went with covid like there, i just felt like there was going to be a lot more inequity that happens this year because of the way your schedule it's harder to schedule the way you need to schedule for you know getting your net where you want it to get getting your metrics there's a lot of inequities in terms of what if somebody in your party tests positive or your team and you got to miss games. Or what if somebody for the other team does? And there was just going to be more things that can go awry. And, and some teams, I mean, hardly missed any game. Like Boise, I think, only missed one game the whole year. You know, and that was Fresno the second game, and they made it up. Uh, and we had those three games shut down. We had that week in December. And like I alluded to earlier in the show, guys, we – In January and February, we had one game in 21 days, three games in 30 days. And I did the math the other day. We didn't have one home game for 42 days in January and February. That's insane. I mean, that's insane. And then not to mention dealing with, you know, Raleigh's injury where he missed three games and he missed, you know, about four four weeks of practice. And Brock's back was... I mean, you just saw the difference in Brock in that conference tournament compared to those four games prior. So he needed that time to get healthy and get some treatment, and it made a huge difference for us. So uh, I'm so proud of this group, man, and, and could have made so many excuses and cashed it in, and they just kept fighting and kept getting better and had an attitude that craved improvement. And so it never gets old, and uh, it sure is an excitable time, and it's awesome to be, to be dancing in march
1: let's take a quick break come back uh namish kata will join us coming up in our next segment and then uh we'll continue on our conversation with craig smith we're live here at old chicago coach we'll have a uh peppercini in your honor here uh and uh and and uh, enjoy some great pizza as uh, we yeah, get ready got... for the ncaa tournament
0: hey you can't go wrong with the double deckeroni baby
1: yeah that's it the double deckeroni yeah, that's it it's...
0: Double-decker
1: on your bust. Let's go. <laughs> we'll continue on next. Namiash Kada joins us straight ahead right here, on the, uh, uh, right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. <laughs> Welcome back to Old Chicago. Utah State getting set for a showdown against Texas Tech. Uh, joining us now here on the Craig Smith Coaches Show, not only Coach Craig Smith, but also Namiash Kada. Uh, kind enough to join us from Indianapolis, uh, Nimi. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Are, are you bored there, stuck in your room all by yourself?
2: I mean, uh, the video games they take care of me, watching some TV shows and doing homework. But I'm, I'm still a little bit bored.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk. I mean, let's talk about the NCAA tournament. I mean, you, uh, you had nine block shots in a game against Colorado State. Uh, talk about that performance, because I know so many people are—I'm uh, sure—have been talking about the the nine blocks. But overall, defensively, from start to finish, uh, talk about that performance and uh, and what what that meant for you in that game.
2: Um, I mean, the blocks just happened. It just—it was just one of those days. Um, I just felt like we we tried to funnel everything to the rim and just making sure I stayed down and trying to try to make him score over the top of me, um, and I and I made I made some plays over there in the game, but at the same time, I felt like we we executed our defensive game plan pretty well.
1: Do you get surprised sometimes when people try to challenge you when you know that you got it lined up for a block?
2: I mean, sometimes, yeah, well, because of the positioning I'm in, uh, I'm mad and just how. How how hard has to set up, but at the same
1: time, I, they probably don't know. They probably don't know our game plan, so, yeah. Yeah. Coach, uh, when you look at that game against Colorado State and overall Nemi's performance for all three games, uh, talk about what he meant to this team and just how great he was down there in Las Vegas.
0: Uh, Nimi's a game wrecker. I mean, he he, he is a dominant force on both ends of the floor. And I'm just so proud of him and um, how far he has come. And he's a tremendous person, unbelievable player. And, you know, I, I think it all started this summer for him. Obviously, he's been a heck of a player his freshman year and junior year, or excuse me, sophomore year, coming into this year. But, you know, he had that setback with his injury. And people don't understand, he went through a lot with that injury. And then he put on some good weight. So it took some time to get it back and had that minor setback against Florida where he just got hit right on that, you know, just above the knee. Um, And he didn't hurt it further. He's just a bad bruise, like a a serious bruise. And then he came back about four games later and takes time to get in shape. You don't do anything. I mean, he works out and stuff, but not in basketball kind of. Uh, and then he really hit his stride, I thought, the last three weeks last year. And that was the big reason we won the conference championship and beat the number five team in the country. And, you know, Nimi decided with COVID to to stay here, to stay in Logan, to stay at Utah State, to just commit to basketball, commit to uh, getting bigger, faster, stronger, more fluid, more mobile. And it's easy to see anybody that knows anything about basketball and, has followed Nimi over the three years. He's, he has taken his game to a different level. He's so agile. His instincts are incredible uh, on both ends of the floor. And I've always said this about Nimi. Nimi's incredibly bright. And you say something to Nimi one time, and that thing just is locked in his head. He does not forget it. So whether it's a scouting report or something with skill development or his feel, I go to Nimi all the time. Hey, what do you see? What do you feel? And he has just amazing intelligence, um, period, but just incredible feel for the game. And those are the measurables that, that not everybody sees unless they're with them every day.
1: Nimi, when you're growing up overseas, did you uh, – was the NCAA tournament, was it something that you watched a lot or was it more about the NBA? What was it about, uh, you know, basketball that really got you hooked?
2: I'm not – I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily watch the NCAA tournament, but I would wake up every morning whenever it would happen. I would wake up and see some highlights, see some players going off for it, and see some. some...
1: Looks like we may have lost Nimi there. He's still there. You know, I, I had an yeah, issue Eric? with my connection yeah, earlier we'll as well. Yeah, we'll go see if we can get him back on the line. But, but, coach, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about his progression as you mentioned from year one to year two to year three, and and I think you hit it right on the head his ability because you know his first year I, I don't think he gets over here until what August or September, uh, and then and then the second year he dealt with the injury. This was almost like the first full off season that he had to really grow and develop uh, here in Logan as an Aggie, and uh, and you can really tell the uh, the fruits of the labor there.
0: Well, yeah, it's the first time he's had a full off season, specifically in the strength and conditioning area. And, uh, and, and you're right, he, he's never had a full offseason with basketball, even though we were able to do some things basketball-wise. Um, we only had about three weeks of team um, workouts because of COVID um, and various shutdowns and what it, well, however you want to call it. So, but he was able to get in the weight room, him and Brock Miller, lifted a decent, you know, Brock built a squat rack and a bench, and he was able to do some stuff with him and just found different ways to get in there, and it shows. I mean, his, his and, and Logan Ogden deserves so much credit. His, his, um, his fluidity, his ability to slide his feet, um, his instincts, and you asked him the question about, you know, people going in there and challenging him, you know, there's some guys that look at him and they're like, they, they got one eye on Nimi and they got the other eye. Uh, uh, they got the other eye and wherever else they got the other eye. So it's hard to concentrate. And then guys that haven't played against him just don't realize the anticipation that Nimi has in the instincts. And then you add that with his, his mobility. And I think one thing that's really stood out to me, he's so much quicker off the floor now than he than he ever has been and all of a sudden you think you're going in there for a layup and that thing is getting pinned off the backboard and we're going the other way in transition you know and so um like i said at the top he's committed to it and and when you say he's such a family person loves his mom and everybody's in family and when you make that commitment to staying here to make yourself the best that he can be um You know the old saying, the harder you work, the harder it is to surrender. And Nimi's put the time in it, and he knows it, and we all know it, and it's showing up on a day-to-day basis in a monster way.
1: Nimi's back with us. Hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, getting back to the NCAA tournament. You got a taste of it a couple of years ago. Uh, You knew you were going last year, but it got taken away from you with COVID. Uh, Does that make it even more special to get another opportunity at this
2: yeah, for sure. Um, it makes us not take anything for granted. Um, we worked so hard for the last two years, um, this year as well. So we want to make sure we we follow all the protocols so we don't have any any type of issues with the tournament because we worked so hard to be in it. We since we deserve it, we don't want to get it. We don't want to get it taken away from us like that. So we just want to go in there and have fun while we can. But with the the, with the with a feeling of uh trying to get a win when we get there.
1: Yeah, I know that that certainly is really important to you and and it's been a weird year uh and and a lot of new faces on this team. Have you enjoyed coaches really talked about your leadership on this team and and being a strong voice and making sure people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and and being a leader for the squad. Is that a role that uh that you've enjoyed having with this team being a leader and 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 being kind of a uh, the voice uh, for a lot of guys making sure that uh this team is always heading in the right direction?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it also shows a lot of growth on my part as well. Um no doubt. I feel like I feel like it's just it's just the bar it's just growing up as well. Like you go in there as a freshman, you wanna you don't know what's going on, so you kinda you kinda lean on the other people, the older guys like Diogo, Sam, I had Quinn, Dwayne, Abel. All those guys were really there for me, so I just want to be be there for your young guys how they were for me, um, making sure they go through. We all go through the same types of things, and sometimes sometimes you don't know how to cope with them. And I just want to make sure everybody's on the everybody's on the same page and making sure everybody knows knows that they everybody everybody's been through that too, and being there is a good is a good help for them. You
1: know, coach. You, he, he, I think Nimi brings up such a really good point there because it's probably easy to sit back and let Diogo and Sam and some of these other guys do the heavy lifting in terms of leadership. And then when they go and it's your time and it's your your job, you know, some guys may handle it really well and some guys may struggle with it. Nimi's knocked it out of the park, it sounds like. Yeah, it looks like we lost Coach now. All right, we we'll take a quick... Well. <laughs> yeah, look no, at that. I'm, I'm here. Uh, I had it, oh, I had yeah. it on mute. So I'm just not very
0: bright. I I do it all the time on Zoom call. But Nimi's taking it to a whole nother level. You know, you go through the transformation. And, uh, like, one of our first talks, Nimi, and Nimi will will, uh, vouch for this, was, you know, when Nimi came here, he was just a true, you know, a freshman, right? You're just kind of looking around like, what's next? And I thought Diogo and Quinn Taylor and all those guys that he just named but really took him under his wing. Quinn as a big guy, and everybody respected Quinn. Didn't matter who you were, or where you were from, or anything. And Diogo, obviously, kind of a big brother from Portugal. Uh, I don't. They never knew each other, but like we said, you know, now yeah. Nimi's the junior that Diogo was when Nimi got here. Yeah. And we have all these seven freshmen coming in, and 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 still some so- you know three sophomores looking up to him to be that guy and. He's done a great job, and it's been really transformational to see it happen throughout the course of the year. I'm not sure I've seen a – I mean, Nimi's been unreal, but that a whole junior class between Marco Brock and, and Justin, and they all do it differently. and But it's, they've taken the onus upon themselves to lead this program. And Fonz has been really good with that too, but it's a brotherhood. And you look out for one another, you take care of one another. And the other thing I would say with Nimi is, you know, when Nimi's on the floor, everybody's confident. And it, that was the owner. like, when Sam was on the floor, everybody was more confident. And that's the onus of the best player. And that guy that – and when you're confident, you're confident because not only is he a good player, but they respect him for who he is as a person, his character, and what he says. And Nimi is just taking that thing to a whole different level – and I'm just, I just just can't even remotely express how proud I am as a, of him as a person or player. You might need to put your earmuffs on, Nimi. Gosh, I'm bragging about you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nimiash, uh,
1: well <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate your time. Uh, hopefully you're able to kill a few more hours, uh, play some video games, watch some movies, and uh, get over this quarantine and get back out on the court here pretty quick.
0: And get yes, plenty sir, of sleep, thanks, you guys.
1: And lots of sleep, too, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yes. All yes, right. I guess. We'll continue sleep. on with, hey, appreciate it, Nimi. We'll continue on with the uh, Craig Smith Coaching Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. Come by, hang out with us. Big shout out to everybody on the uh, teams on the uh, Utah State Athletic Facebook page as well. Uh, more with Coach Craig Smith straight ahead from Learfield, IMG College. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Craig Smith Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. Got a good crowd out here tonight to uh, get you ready for the NCAA tournament. Remember, this is a great watch party, too. uh, When the Aggies take the court on Friday, uh, you can come down here and enjoy some great food specials, drinks as well, uh, to see uh, Coach Craig Smith and the Aggies take the court. Coach, with last year and the disappointment of of not being able to participate in the tournament last season, does it make this – even feel a little bit more special?
0: You know, I've been thinking about that. It does. Uh, And my heart goes out to Sam, Merrill, and Abel Porter, and Roche, and um, Diogo Brito. Diogo has been, well, all those guys, Uh, Sam and Abel have been reaching out and sent congratulatory texts, and Diogo um, sending DMs. And that's a really rewarding feeling as a coach. Uh, when those guys are paying attention and congratulating you, uh, Quinn Taylor, you know all those guys. It's a it's a pretty neat deal. Um, and so my heart goes out to those guys because they earned the right. It's not like we were hoping and suspecting to be in the tournament. We earned, you know, we won the tournament, the Mount West tournament. We were the first team to qualify, so we knew we were in. And when you only get four years of your life to participate in that thing you know, you lose 25% of your chances. And so I feel for those guys, Uh, but I'm super excited for the current team. And certainly those guys that were on that team last year, Sean Berstow and Trevin Dorias and Liam McChesney and, you know, uh, Brock Miller, Justin Bean and funds and Cuba and Nimi. Um, It's not quite half of our roster, which is crazy. uh, When you think about it, Marco was on the team, but obviously had the red shirt. So, um, and then as a coach, yeah, I mean, you always want to get here. You just, it does, it's, it's at our level, it's difficult. You know, coming from South Dakota, you had to win three games in three days or three games in four days, and nothing else mattered. At the BCS level, I mean, the Big Ten has nine teams out of their 14 going in, and it's a brutal league, and it's really good and deservingly so. But the point is, if you finish in the middle of the pack of your conference, you're in the tournament. Yeah. And at our level, you just don't know. So you got, there's a lot of things that go into it, and you just never take it for granted, and it's a special, special thing. And when I say all that, I'm not, we're not just happy to be here. We also want to win, and that's always been our goal. We say that recruiting. Uh, our expectation every year is to get to the NCAA tournament and win when we get here. And so I'm excited to see what our mindsets will be tomorrow when we practice.
1: Well, you do also um... – I mean, you talk about winning in the tournament and you got a heck of a draw uh, because that Texas tech team uh is really really good uh really defensive oriented team they they get steals. I know you probably haven't had a chance to look at a lot of what they do, but early film work, what have you seen that really jumps out at you
0: Well, I've looked at plenty to know it's going to be a heck of a <laughs> fight uh, and they're good you know like I mean the big ten and the big twelve have been the best two conferences all year um you know, Chris Beard is a heck of a coach. Uh, obviously, they're always really, really talented. I mean, they, they've lost, what, four or five, like, really tight games. I mean, they're a, they're a whisker away from being a, a four seed. So they're really well coached. The last time there was an NCAA tournament, they were in the national championship game. And, I mean, where if DeAndre Hunter doesn't make that three, they, they yeah. win the title. And it's amazing the connection. So they're really, they're really good. They are so hard-nosed. They get in your you-know-what defensively. They have great length and athleticism, and, uh, and they're connected. I mean, the defensive end, they are connected, and, and they just make a, a grind to get a, any kind of a basket. And so um, it's going to be difficult. We've got to take care of the ball. They create a lot of turnovers. Um, they'll do some two-two-one 2 one drop into man um, at times. And then offensively, they don't run a lot of sets. Um, they play almost all motion. You know, Chris Beard was Pat Knight's assistant at Texas Tech before. Um, so the, kind of that Bobby Knight coaching tree where it's a lot of motion, not a whole lot of set plays. They're really connected offensively, really share the ball, um, get a lot of easy baskets off of back cuts uh, when you lose stance and vision. And so um, – and they play like a bunch of junkyard dogs. So uh, I know they'll be ready to play. Chris Beard, uh, real quick story. Matt Mooney was a really good player for us at University of South Dakota. Uh, two-time all-league guy. He transferred to us from Air Force and turned down a lot of other people. And we tried to get him to South Dakota He just or to Utah State as a grad transfer when we left. And he just thought we'd be rebuilding. You know, we obviously we were picked ninth. And he wanted to go to a place where he felt like he could for sure make the NCAA tournament. And, he went to Texas Tech, and uh, so Chris and I got gotten to know each other specifically through that recruiting process, and uh, he's been great to us. Um, he's an unbelievable coach. Matt Mooney loves him, and, and we love Matt. So um, I know they do a great job, and we're looking forward to a, uh, to a great battle on
1: Friday. Yeah, no doubt about that. You talk about the turnovers, do they – do they press a lot to force those turnovers, or is it in the offense? How are they How are they generating those turnovers?
0: I wouldn't say that. I mean, they do press some on may baskets, of course, more of a two two one, um, kind of like uh, two two one. Some man, uh, not quite to the extent that VCU does, but I mean, no, they're not crazy aggressive against it. But they're big and long, and they put their four man at the you know at the top, and and they they create problems. But they're, it's mainly in the half court. They just i mean i don't know they're as good as i've seen and they just really flow to the ball strong i mean they are they are going to get into you and when you uh they're going to force baseline and when you start driving i mean they're going to sell out to the ball and so you got to make good decisions and it's easy to say that uh but it, it, it's a lot harder to do that and you know we got to be better with that you know we have uh, San Diego State's an excellent defensive team and obviously we were able to beat them twice in the in the regular season and 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 then you know uh you know unfortunately we lost the uh, the other night but every year we go you know they're very similar to that they're they really flow to the ball they stunt hard to the ball and and you and you got to make quick decisions and you know unfortunately and I think there was a lot of factors on Saturday afternoon but you know we struggled with that and uh, I had a couple of really bad catastrophic ones while I thought we were making a run in that second half that really, uh, really hurt us. Um, and it was a little bit of everybody, you know, it was, it was Bean, it was Nimi, it was Raleigh, it was Marco, it was a little bit of everybody. And so we got to get better at that. We got to be able to tighten that up. And, and, you know, when you have some experience at the guard position, sometimes that'll happen. So that'll be a monster, monster key, Uh, because they are just so active and so athletic. And what seems like an open space or an open man, those holes close a lot quicker, you know, against a team like Texas Tech.
1: You know, I'm looking at their size, and, you know, Mac McClung's 6'2", but other than that, it's 6'6", 6'7", 6'7", 6'6", 6'7". Is is that a team that is going to switch you 1 through 5?
0: Yeah, they're aggressive that way. So McClung's not real big, and their centers aren't real big. Yeah, but their two, three, and fours have great size, uh, height-wise, and girth, and they move. I mean, they move, and so, uh, but they do. They they're going to switch. A lot of times, they're going to switch one through five ball screens. Uh, they don't always do that, but for the most part, and then they do a lot of switching on the perimeter. So you go, you know, you go set a down screen. They switch that out. You go set a flare screen. They're going to switch that out. You go set a back screen. They switch that out. So you has got to be really active. you got to be on point. Those windows are tight, you know, when you start slipping and doing those, you know, various things that you do against teams that switch. And so they have that versatility, you know, up and down their lineup. So their fives aren't super, super big, but they are very, very mobile and, uh, and strong and move, and move obviously very well. So got to take care of that, you know, and then a lot of teams that switch, they'll jump those switches So it's a fine line. You can't be tentative, but it's not only the passer. We always tell our guys the passer has the hardest job on the offensive side of the ball, but yet we got to be sharper and more concise on setting up our cuts and working hard to get open.
1: All right, one final segment with Coach. Uh, We'll talk more about this game and look ahead to Friday in Assembly Hall, one of the – One of the uh, bucket lists, places to watch a game of basketball. We'll talk more about that coming up next. You're listening to Aggie Basketball with Coach Craig Smith from Learfield IMG College. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the show with Craig Smith. You're listening to Aggie Basketball from Learfield IMG College. Hey, Coach, I've had a few people come up and just want to say – Thanks, uh, because obviously you're not here on per uh, on uh, in person uh, back in Indianapolis, but we've had a lot of good faithful come up and just say thanks for your hard work and your diligence and uh, and bringing another NCAA tournament team uh, to Logan and all the hard work you've done uh, certainly hasn't gone unnoticed, and a lot of fans just want to say thanks for what you've been able to do this year.
0: Well, I appreciate it. You know, I, I, I always want to be at a place where. Uh, where it's important to the fan base and to the community and to the people. And you could certainly feel that from the second we got hired at Utah State and and coaching in the spectrum and the spectrum magic and all that that entails. Uh, it, it's just an, an amazing, amazing place to live and to coach and uh, a community to be a part of. Uh, we're fortunate that we have a lot of really good young men and players that have believed in us and what we're trying to do here and we want to keep this thing going. We have a heck of a coaching staff. You know, I, I say it all the time, but the head coach gets too much credit, too much blame. Uh, we have an amazing staff uh, of great people uh, and their families and all that goes into it. And uh, there's a lot of sacrifice, especially this year. There's a lot of sacrifice and some discipline that, you know, maybe you got to do things that other people um, can't, you know, aren't willing to do or we, there's things that we just can't do to help Make sure we're available for our our players and 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 just with COVID and so on and so forth. So, and I love the coaches show and Scotty. Thank you for everything that you do and Ajay, Hopefully, he uh, read the book and got that completed. Um, that, that book could take me about three years to read, but um, it's just a great place. And uh, I wish I could be there, but I'm glad I'm not because that means I'm here. Uh, so uh, uh, it's been a great. Great journey, and and uh, we want to keep this thing going for the long haul.
1: Uh, I'm a I, look. I I know you're a historian of the game, and and obviously, I think all of us grew up watching Bobby Knight there at Assembly Hall. Uh, are you excited to be able to coach a game in uh, one of the more historic venues in college hoops.
0: You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, we just like I said earlier, we had a team Zoom call, and there was what five or six venues that we could have played at, um, and. And how fortunate are we to play in Assembly Hall. It's about an hour drive from where we're staying. But, you know, when I was an assistant at Nebraska, we played there twice. And we were telling the guys the history and the tradition that Assembly Hall holds. It, it's incredible. And, you know, Brandon Ubel, who's our graduate assistant, played at Nebraska. And we played there. And I said to Brandon, it's like it's one of the most – one of the best uh, arenas in the country – And you feel that tradition, but it's also just a unique vibe. It's one of the loudest arenas. Now, obviously, it won't be full, um, but it's such a cool place to play, and our guys are going to absolutely love that experience um, um, uh, playing there, and they'll feel that. We'll have a chance to practice there one time before we play on Friday, whether that's Wednesday or Thursday, still to be determined. So, um, I feel so fortunate. and You know, I've always said Indiana and Utah are amazing basketball states, and there's so much pride that runs deep uh, when it comes to basketball in those two states. So it's a, it's a really, really cool thing.
1: Uh, you're playing in essentially 9.45 a.m. mountain time. Now you guys will be there for a week, and hopefully your bodies will adjust. But uh, I've heard especially football coaches say, it's not a problem playing late. Those late games doesn't affect the body, but sometimes early morning games do. Is that a concern at all?
0: Yeah, that, that, that's why I said what I said as Nimi got off the call, not because Nimi has an issue going to bed. It's yeah. just that was a part of the focal point with our team on this Zoom call because I know what it felt like last night. Like you land at 1.30 and you have adrenaline. You're naturally going to. I didn't go to bed till 4.45 Eastern time, which is 1.45 in Las Vegas. And it wasn't like I was trying; I just couldn't. And then you get up to test at eight thirty or whatever, and you just feel like you got hit by a truck. And um, and it is I, you. You know, I love football. It's hard for those West Coast teams on the to, to go east and win when they're playing, you know, on the one at the eleven o'clock game, you know, which is ten a.m. for them, and it, you're getting up for a pregame meal at whatever time. And we really tried to emphasize to our guys. Um, you've got to work to get to sleep. Don't take naps when you don't need to take a nap. Try to stay up so you can fall asleep at a decent time because our game's at 1.45 Eastern time, which is 11.45 Mountain time, which is about 10.45 from where we were the last five days. Now, we have a few days to get acclimated, but you know when you're dealing with 18- to 24-year-olds, they don't always think like that <laughs> in the short term. Oh, we'll be fine. But, you know, I, and that was, you know, we dealt with that a little bit with the transition from the semifinal game to the championship game, where normally we would be able to sleep till 10, 10 30 that next day. But because of COVID testing, you know, we were up at eight o'clock and riding to Thomas and Mac to test. And those two hours don't sound like a lot, but there's a big difference between uh, seven hours of sleep and five hours of sleep or six hours and four hours or six hours and eight hours. And so, Uh, It all adds up, and so that that has been uh, a focal point, uh, or that was the focal point of our team Zoom call that we just got off of.
1: Well, Coach, excited to chat with you for pregame coming up on Friday, excited for the game itself. Uh, Go get one, and uh, looking forward to catching up to you on Friday right before the game.
0: All right, that sounds great, Scotty. Go Aggies!
1: There you go. Craig Smith, everybody, as the Aggies get set for a huge showdown in the NCAA tournament against Texas Tech. Game starts at 11-45, pregame 11:15 on these same network stations. It's all right here from Learfield IMG College.